Praise God. And uh, I know we, I know I feel like everybody could get something out of this. Amen. Praise God. And this is a essential part and things have been going on today and I really feel good about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you have your Bible, let's turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, man, I don't care. Man, I've preached on tithing and seen people get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So if they want, you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it tonight. Praise God. Amen. I don't care if I was preaching on ecclesiastical eschatology. Praise the Lord. You could still get the Holy Ghost, I think, <laughs> on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And I really feel like this will help you. And this, uh, <laughs> that's right, it don't. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 10. We have a good time in church. We, we really do. We, we love the Lord. We're in Father's house. And we feel real comfortable playing in Daddy's house and worshiping Him. And that's right. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6. And verse 10, the Bible said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all, the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance we talked a little bit about perseverance the other night didn't we? and supplication for all saints praise God amen I want to preach you on the subject tonight, the three endowments of warfare. And if you don't like that one, I got another title for you that I read on a book. And the title was Dressed to Kill. Dressed to Kill. We'll call it that tonight. How's that? All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's put down our Bible right now and let's pray. Praise God. Do you hate the devil tonight? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Three endowments of warfare are dressed to kill. Dressed to kill. Praise God. I want to state this to you to begin with. We'll do a little treaching here tonight. But the whole idea of Ephesians is summarized in these three phrases. The Christian's calling, 
the Christian's conduct and the Christian's conflict. The whole book of Ephesians. His calling, his conduct, and his conflict. Life is a battlefield. I said life is a battlefield. You never get over the battle. There's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be some sort of warfare, so you might as well just get ready. Life is a battlefield. Do we, have we got that through our head? I know we're in the American culture and you can take a vacation and, and all this other stuff, but there is no vacations from this battle. Your whole life will be a battle. It can either be a battle that ends in defeat or a battle that maintains the victory that Christ won on the cross. What do you want tonight? Praise God, I want the victory. How about you? It's not a sense of soft enjoyment or ease, but of hard conflict. But God has provided a clothing for your aggression and your protection. Praise God. He has. But this victory requires faith. It requires courage, fortitude, and sacrifice if we're going to win. Amen. In this battle. Praise God. And I like what one man said. Just because the river is quiet, don't think the alligators have left. Things get quiet, that's when the devil gets us. I learned there was a difference between a crocodile and an alligator. And it's an alligator. Praise God. Amen. And if it's quiet out there, look out because there's something always looming around on the seashore there. Or on the riverbank. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now the greatest attitude that I can tell you about. I want you to listen. This is the greatest attitude in warfare. Number one. There is no better. Submission. Submission is the greatest attitude in warfare. If you study the beginning of Ephesians chapter 6. Look what it talks about. Obedience, 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 obedience. And then it says, finally, my brethren. The attitude that has to be there is one of submission. First, you must submit to God. You must submit to the word of God. You must submit to the spirit of God. And you must submit, secondly, to your authorities. There is great protection in submission. You will never lose in submitting yourself to God and to your authorities. You know, the centurion in the Bible understood this. When he came and he asked Jesus to heal his servant, he said, Lord, you don't have to come because I'm a man under authority. I understand the way authority works. And though I am a man with authority, I am under authority. And I've got men under me and I say, go here. And I know he goes there. And go this way. And I know he goes there. I don't have to see. I know I just tell them and they do it. Because I understand the principle of submission. Because I know those guys under me want authority one of these days too. And the only way you get authority is submitting to your authority. If you want to move up from the infantry to be a centurion... You have to learn to submit to those that are above you. That's the way it works in life. That's the way it works on your job. If the boss can't depend on you and you're rebellious and you don't listen, he's not going to advance you. 
You wonder why doesn't the pastor use me in the church? You wonder why. Could it be the way you submit? Praise God. But I tell you this, friend, when you learn to submit to authority, hallelujah, God will give you authority. Oh, that's exciting to me because I want authority over the devil. Praise God. The Bible said, submit yourself to God. What? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The principle of the kingdom of God is submission and the greatest attitude in warfare. Can you praise the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Oh, we got that through. Are you enjoying this so far? Wave your hand at me. All right. Praise God. This is a lot of work here, and I want to give it to you. But the Bible talks about an armor. This is an armor that's bright and glittering. It is an armor of light, the Bible calls it. It consists of God-given graces. It consists of character. Are you listening to me? We're not talking about a literal piece of metal that goes on your body. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about literal things. As we'll learn a little later on, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. In fact, I believe if you're using natural weapons, you don't have the spiritual weapons because you've taken the authority out of God's hand. Always ready to defend ourselves, huh? Well, I want to tell you something. If God can't protect you, ain't nobody in the world, including yourself, going to be able to protect you. Oh, I believe that. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's protected me. I know others that can tell of the protection of God. And if he chooses to take me, well, praise God. I should be ready to go, I hope. Oh, well. See, I'm not afraid of death because Jesus holds the keys of hell and death. And he's my best friend. And those are two worst things that could happen to me is dying and going to hell. And thank God he holds the keys to both. Well, I lost some of you on that one. Praise God. But see, that takes faith and submission. I know my master said he'd take care of me. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Praise God. It consists of God-given graces. It consists of character. For what is a steel armor against a poison cup? What is outside protection if you poison yourself? What is a metal armor against the flaw of character? Are you following me? We need a holy character to protect us. Hallelujah. And it will protect you. Praise God. Let's get into this. I don't know how far we'll get. Well, I'll try to get as far as I can and maybe we'll do the rest tomorrow night. Praise God. But verse 10 says, finally, or as for the rest... He gives these following instructions. He speaks of the first endowment. He says, put on God's power, literally. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This means be strengthened, wax strong, or literally be endued with the strength and the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And in the power of his might means the working of his strength and his might. To be continuously empowered in union with him. As I, I've seen somebody's Bible around here. We like this saying. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Isn't that right? Praise God. To be strong is our duty. To be weak is our sin. 
We cannot afford weakness. This is a little, now think about this. This is a literal clothing of the power of God. Just like putting on a garment, God is giving you a clothing of power. How about that? Doesn't the Bible say, but you shall receive power? After that, the Holy Ghost is coming. Let me tell you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have any protection. If you don't have the blood of Jesus, you forget it. You don't have any protection. You need to be clothed. Hallelujah. Amen. In his power. Glory to God. And in his strength, his trust, his hope, his courage, his endurance. Praise God. And worship to him. Be clothed with the power of his might. Hallelujah. Because human power is inadequate. But God's power is invincible. Hallelujah. That's right. Glory to God. Do you have the power of God on you? Man, you, we talk about you can heal the sick. Now, it's not you. It's God in you. Praise God. You shall lay your hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's power. Cast out devils. Man, that's the first one on the, on the list. They say you cast out a devil before you speak in tongues. You get, you, know, you get Jesus' name. That's good to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's kind of like the, you know, when the policeman comes up to me, I really respect his badge. Man, when I see that, I respect it. But man, when I see his gun, I really respect him. I mean, that badge means authority, but this means the power to carry it out. What's your authority if you have no power to carry it out? Well, we're doing good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody's thanking God for the authority. And, oh, yeah, I got power over the devil, but you never, you never pull a gun. <laughs> Afraid to carry it. Won't bring your Bible to work. Boy, it gets quiet on stuff like that. I... Hallelujah. Well, I better move on. Hallelujah. God, stop preaching. Got to meddling. Hallelujah. But there's, there's another endowment that we're going to spend some time on here. This is the second endowment. This is putting on the armor of God. Amen. Or putting on, literally, Christ's armor. It does not belong to us. It belongs to Christ. And he gave it to us. It's a tried armor. How about that? Praise God. Amen. One word to describe this is a panoply. And a panoply means a complete suit of armor. Hallelujah. That's what you need, the complete suit. It says put on. Amen. The word there, put on. You'll notice that. Verse 10, verse 11. You can look in there. Put on or endusethe in the Greek from the word endu or enduo. To clothe, to furnish, and to assume. We assume the armor of God. This is his armor. You get it? This is his clothing. This is what he wears in battle. Mm. And how many battles has he lost? Praise God, he hadn't lost one. And I get to wear his armor. How about that? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. The whole armor of God, it says. A heavily armed soldier from head to heel. In fact, the, the one you're facing in Luke 11 and 21, the enemy is also heavily armed from head to heel. He also has armor. So you better be wearing your armor. Praise God. 
amen, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Now, the, to stand against here, the word against there is pros, and it means facing. That you may be able to stand facing your enemy. You all know that if any study of the armor at all, that there's no protection in the back. You can't be running from him. Because that's when he's going to get you. It's all over. You hear me? Right between the shoulder blades. That's it. But the Bible said he gave us this armor not to run away, but to face the enemy. I get tired of people saying, well, the devil don't bother me. I'm going to hold on to that one for a minute. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Bible said you stand facing the enemy. Facing what? That you might be able to stand facing, first of all, the wiles of the devil. You can praise God with me on this because this is exciting. The word wiles there is a Greek word, methodius, where we get our words method from. The methods of the enemy or a deliberate planning or system of error. Think about that. The methods of the enemy are a deliberate planning and system of of error an idea of deceit and delusion it is literally talking about organized error that's the first thing you're going to fight you might as well understand it right now is you're fighting systems and deliberate planning of error man i feel the holy ghost tonight i'm telling you an idea of deceit and delusion or an organized error. The devil just wants to deceive you. What is deception? You think you're right when you're wrong. Now I try to be open. When I talk to preachers, when I talk to saints, I'm listening. Because I never want to get to the place where I think I know everything. Huh? Now it's good to be hard-headed and stubborn on certain things. It really is. But you need to stay open and pliable in the hands of God and listen to other people. Because people got good things to say. And the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And you've got to surround yourself with that because it will protect you from error. Sometimes your best friend is a critic. We don't like that. I don't like to be criticized, but sometimes that's my best friend. It keeps me on my toes. How am I doing? How am I doing? And it works in us, doesn't it? You know it does, don't you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The, the, the organized era has systems and logics. And along with Ephesians 4 and 14, it almost makes error seem personified. It is a personified error. Like the body of Christ is a, an organized truth. People who believe truth. The devil has his body as well, which is an organized error. Now, I hope you won't fall asleep on me tonight. Praise God. But I, I, I really feel like we need to do some teaching here. Amen. Praise God. The deception lies in the waiting to deceive. He's waiting. He's looking for a time he can deceive you. Huh? And he always uses the good stuff to deceive you with. Man, he'll look for something you like. And he'll use that. To deceive it looks good it looks right it looks like the will of God but it's not 
It's error. It's deception. The devil is the champion of liberalism. He is the champion of ritualism. And he is the champion of rationalism. He is the champion of those that are what we call, and I, and I told you before, I be, believe in being pliable. We got some people out there they call free thinkers or they are open-minded. As my brother used to say, it's just a hole in their head. That's all they got. They're open-minded. You know what I mean? I mean, they're open to everything that comes along. And that's the, uh, liberalism. They, they have no stand. They have no conviction. And then ritualism. The devil loves things to be the same old way all the time. He likes things to be predictable so he can stop them. That's why he loves to get you in a rut. On every Wednesday night we come here for revival. And you're, well, we've been out of revival for a couple of nights. And he loves, he knows what you're going to be like when you get here. He says, well, I, I'll just send a two or three demons up there tonight because there won't be any trouble tonight. Well, I know we're going to get down here. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's got schemes to deceive, to entrap, to enslave. Man's method of sinning is the devil's method of damning his soul. He's using your sinful nature. He's got an ally right inside of you. We'll talk about that too. Praise God. Just hold on with me. Let me bring this down. Amen. The wiles of who? The Bible said the wiles of the devil. Satan. The hater and the accuser. That's what Satan means. The, the hater and the accuser. They say there's, there's two ministries in heaven. One of the advocate and one of the accuser. Huh? They both hang out in the heavenly realm. But one is not of God. Are you constantly accusing people all the time? And not an advocate for their soul? Praise the Lord. Amen. You might have the ministry of the devil if you're an accuser. But the ministry of Christ is an advocate. Amen. Praise the Lord. You do your best to stand up for people. You do your best to believe the best about them. You hope all things. You believe all things. When somebody says something bad about somebody, say, no, nah, I don't believe that. Well, what's wrong with that? Praise God. Believe the best about everybody. Innocent until proven guilty. I like that. Amen. That's right. Praise God. He is the distressor and the enemy. He entraps, he enslaves, and he ruins men's soul. He hates you. I tell you, the devil hates your very existence. He hates everything about you. He wants to enslave you. He's working 24 hours a day to get you to go back into the sin that you came out of. That's his goal. So the devil, I believe, has taken the attitude with the church. Well, if you can't beat him, join him. The devil comes to church more than some of us. And he's here, believe me. And every time the preacher preaches something you, he knows you don't like, boy, he'll lean over on your shoulder and say, hey, you don't have to believe that. Come on, have you ever had that happen to you? Come on, some of you, you're in warfare and you don't even know it. You're sitting there, my God, these thoughts will fly through your mind. Sitting right in the middle of service. When you're down on your face praying it, and you're thinking about the Lord, the, the devil will bring up some old pornography you used to look at. Isn't that right? You say, my God, I'm backslid. Huh? 
But that's what the devil will do to you. And you're sitting in church and you think about what that brother or that sister said to you about three months ago. See, he knows. You think he doesn't work that way? That's the way he works because it works for him. And he, that's the way he does it. If you can't beat him, join him. I just look like everybody else. I'll just come in and let my hair grow long, put a bow in it, and sit there with a dress on, and everybody think I'm okay. And don't tell me I've seen some. Honey, they look holy on the outside, but they were a devil on the inside. I've seen others just look like a devil all the way through. <laughs> but there were some that looked good. <laughs> Praise God. But if you can't beat them, man, just join them. Amen. Well, let's move on to verse 12. Are you still here with me? So wave your hand at me here. He's getting something out of this. Praise God. We're really fixing to dig in here. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our warfare is not with weak mortals, but with far more formidable enemies. To us is the wrestling. This is not talking about fighting or boxing. It's not. It's not talking about fighting or boxing. Come up here, brother. Mark, you don't want to use here. I don't want to use Brother Billy. His shoulder's hurting. Oh, man, get, get the rest. Come on. You know how to do that, don't you? Praise God. Getting that wrestling. Come on. I know he knows how to do it. Put me down. Put me down. He got me. He count three. See what he did? Did he box me? He wrestled me down. That's what the word wrestle means. You're going to love this. But the word wrestle is the Greek word palo. And the word wrestle here, amen, is exciting to me. Because there was a form of Greek wrestling, brother. Now, you wouldn't want to be in this wrestling. Because when they wrestled, when they, if you got that guy down, the judge would come out of the stands and put the eyes out of the loser's head. That's the penalty you paid for losing. Huh? If you're in the wrestling match. But I want to tell you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the, you know what it's saying? You know, that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He got the devil and he wrestled him down to the ground. And the Bible said, had the princes of this world known, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. I tell you, the devil was blinded in the Garden of Gethsemane to what God was about to do. Hallelujah. You hear me? I believe we we can get the devil down in prayer and wrestle him down and we can blind him to what's going on in the church that's right he knows too many of the secrets too many of the plans too much of what we're going to do we need to blind him and wrestle him down isn't that what the angels did to the sodomites in Lot's day what did they do they come to the door breaking in online and they just blinded them what you can do, what can you do there? Okay, how big and bad you are. If you can't see, you can't see. Praise God. Amen. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not natural. In the, uh, in the Italian Bible, the word carnal is animal. I don't know what it says in the Spanish Bible, but it's animal, the animal nature. Our warfare is not according to the animal nature. 
Praise God. Amen. But it is according, the Bible says, as mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. As we as the saints wrestle with spirit rebels who are against our God, who are against the kingdom, and they're trying to invade. But brother, we get them in a half Nelson and we bring them down and say, you're not getting in this church. You're not getting in this kingdom. We've been appointed as warriors to keep them out. I don't know about you, but I get excited about this stuff. Oh, I love it. We have been appointed by God, hallelujah, as his ambassadors, as his warriors to keep the enemy out of the camp. Is somebody here going to help me tonight? If we're going to have revival in Hutchinson, we've got to get an attitude of warfare. That's right. But against, the Bible says, now this is not only facing but this is face to face. You can't get no close to that wrestling now, can you? Come on. Look him right in the eye, man. And you wrestle him. Amen. Face to face. Amen. Not your brother. You're not fighting your brother and your sister. You're not fighting your sinner boss. Some of you do, though. You're not fighting your family. You're fighting demons. You're fighting principalities. You're fighting methods. And the only good thing against a method is another method. That's better and works. And you better have the right method. And this one works right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you still here with me? Amen. But against face to face. Praise the Lord. The following opponents. You want to know who your opponents are now, right? Number one is principalities and powers. These are demonic rulers in government. Number one. There are demonic rulers in government. It's not so much the Clintons, but the spirit that is working behind them. Now, of course, he needs a vessel to work through. And they were very willing I'm not just saying that in mockery. I'm really not. But I'm telling you, I don't believe that they are influenced by the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that right now. Anybody believes in homosexuality and abortion and all this other stuff? This is the exercise of political authority in public affairs. And boy, they use it, don't they? They're using the radio. They're using the television. He's out there. He's got his uh, daily, uh, his weekly radio broadcast. He's got all, he's using something to get involved in public affairs. He knows one thing. He doesn't go to the Congress. He goes to the people. How is these things getting passed? How are these things? He's going to people. And he's using his charisma. And he's the principality and the power. And if you don't think that's true, how important, you know, when we're talking about rulers over states now, rulers over countries. Uh, there was one fellow in Virginia that, uh, one of our ministers, that came in contact with a young woman who was Miss Virginia. And she came to be prayed for. And this woman was demon-possessed. And the, one of the spirits that spoke out said that he was the prince of Virginia. And that he had given her the power to ascend to the position that she had gained. Now I'm telling you, there is a spirit, I believe, of Molech over this country. Molech was one they sacrificed children to. 
I believe our greatest sin is shedding innocent blood. Are you listening to me? And the lustful, sexual demons that have got a hold of spiritual government and the ruling public affairs is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. When you get the cardinals speaking out against it, you know something's wrong. And we're moving on. Regimes. This is mode or systems of management and rule connected with certain social features, such as in South Amboy, New Jersey, there are more bars per capita than anywhere else in the United States. And South Amboy is relatively small compared to most cities. But there is, what do you think the principality and the power over South Amboy is? Well, it's obviously one that derives itself from alcohol. Huh? It's obviously a spirit that deals with alcoholism because of what's going on per capita. Wouldn't you? That doesn't take a, a big Bible scholar to see that. And 42nd Street, New York City, is covered with pornography. In fact, I wouldn't even say the ruling principality over New York is, is uh, sexual spirits. I would say that it was more materialistic spirits. Wall Street, the garment districts, all this. That's what rules New York. But you go to New Orleans and the sexual demons rule down there. Are you understand? You say, well, you, do you see a demon behind every bush? No, just every other bush. Do you understand? I don't believe everything's the devil, okay? I do not. But he's got his grimy hands in most things, at least 50%. How many of you believe that? At least, at least, praise God, regimes, certain social features, a mode of system management and rule connected with certain, they rule by keeping people under certain kinds of sin. Hutchinson, there is a spirit over here. And man, I, I really feel like it's spirit of the lust of the flesh over this city it really is and some of you man I don't know if I can say this right but uh, please understand when I'm saying this that I do not mean to hurt anybody but I, I really do believe that some of us have the spirits of those some of the Mennonite people have latched on I looked at someone the other night and that I don't know if it's a spirit of traditionalism or a spirit that, that is keeping you in bondage, but that is a spirit that's gotten a hold of somebody from hanging around that. And somehow you've yielded yourself to that religious spirit. And believe me, there are religious spirits. I was telling somebody today, we had a friend that had a vision, and he saw demons with Bibles in their hands. And the devil will use the word to try to deceive. You hear me? And he will do it. Religious spirits. That's right. What about all these people around here that are blinded? The Bible said he is blinding them. And he's got a Bible right in front of their eyes. Princess. This is a non-reigning member of a royal family. Get it? I like that. A non-reigning member of a royal family. Like these Prince Charles and all these others that are around. They're really non-reigning. They're just a figurehead. Right? Because Jesus won the victory at Calvary. But they're a figurehead. They only have as much authority as the people give them. They only have a certain amount of esteem and austere among their people if the people attribute that to them. You understand? And the devil only has a, a certain amount of authority. As much authority as you give him is as much authority as he has. 
Some of you, I hope you, the devil does not want you to hear this. Some of you think you're totally uninvolved. You don't know. But I'm telling you, friend, I was in the occult. And I know what's going on. And there are, there are things that are against you that you would not believe. That you better make sure that you're wearing the armor. Praise God. Amen. Chapter 1 and 4 of Ephesians says that Jesus is above all principalities. Therefore, the enemy works harder to destroy the body, seeing he cannot assail the head. He can't get Jesus because he's above, but he works hard on the body that is here on the earth to try to get. And you know, some of you are missing it. Because I want to tell you right now, the Bible says that the ministry is to use us to build us up into Christ. The neck that connects to the head and the body, the ministry is what connects you. And without it, you're cut off from the head. And I can prove it to you one night, I'll preach it to you. But the Bible says, you know, he gave gifts unto men and God gave some apostles, prophets. Evangelist, pastors, teachers, ever read that? You know, in Psalm 68, it says a little different. It says, in God, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Yea, to the rebellious also, that God might dwell among them. You know why God gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Because we're rebellious by nature. And without leadership and without authority, we could never make it to heaven. Now, now we're not exempt. We need pastors. We, everybody's got to have somebody over them. Or you're not going to make it. Man, I feel good about this tonight. Hallelujah. But we're trying to connect you to the head, honey. Praise God. So the flow can be there. The control can be there. Then he will be the head. He will be the ruler. He is the authority. Praise God. Glory to God. Then it says the rulers of the darkness of this world. This is the rulers of the present age of darkness. Blinding forces. Empires of evil. They directly oppose all good. These are global tyrants. They are the, this is one of the devil's greatest weapons is blindness. Darkness. He keeps people in the dark. Hear me, I'm preaching to you tonight. This will protect your children. This will help them. I'm telling you, if you're, if you're a mom or dad, you need to listen tonight because I'm telling you, you're going to need this spiritual warfare. The next thing is spiritual wickedness. This literally is the spiritual thing of wickedness or disguised falsehood in the garb of truth. Disguised falsehood in the garb of truth. That's right. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Huh? Amen. Lawlessness. In the garb of religion. is a word we call antinomianism, which means no law. Don't lay down a law. Don't tell us what to do. Don't give us any rules. Don't tell us this is right and this is wrong. But we want to be religious. Lawlessness in the garb of religion. The host of evil. Wickedness is an act of evil or mischief. To harm, to damage and annoy. The devil is annoying, isn't he? He likes to harm you, damage you, and annoy you. Where is his rule? The Bible says spiritual wickedness in high places, in heavenly places. This literally means atmosphere or sky, air, the atmosphere. Ephesians 2 and 2. 
Where, where's the devil's? You think, oh, it's in hell. No, the devil's not in hell. Huh? He's not. And I like to say, ain't got time for your devil. But the fact is, we can't send him back to hell. He goes back to the atmosphere. How we all say, I send you back to the pit. Oh, yeah. I like to say that too. And I understand what you mean. But the fact is, is he is the principality and power of the air. Why don't you think we can't have television? And we've never been able to use it to preach the gospel. Well, there's airwaves, don't it? You know, radio and all that is nice. And we try to, but really when it gets down to it, God didn't mean things to be, mean things to be reached through all that. He meant it through individual people and the local church. That's the way we were supposed to reach the world. One local church in Jerusalem reached their whole world. Well, we're doing good, I can tell. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly places. And as I told you the other night, they stand in the atmosphere to try to prevent your entrance through prayer into the heavenly realm. They, that's why you get down to pray and you start shooting prayers up to God. You better push them through, honey. Praise the Lord. There is an order. I believe there's Satan. I believe he has generals, captains, lieutenants, all the way down the line. There is an order in the kingdom of darkness. He is orderly. He works in that order. There are demons that are stronger than other demons. Forces that are stronger than other forces among the satanic realm. Are you listening to me? Matthew 11 and 12 said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. What do you think that's talking about? It's talking about spiritual warfare. It's talking about moving against the kingdoms of darkness. Hallelujah. With the armor of God. I believe that. Don't you? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you can see why I can't get all of this in in one night, but I'm giving you as much as I can. We are fighting what? Imaginations. I've mentioned this a couple of times in this revival. Imaginations or reasonings or any thought or idea that is against Christ. There is nothing more powerful than an idea, whether it is true or false. Isn't that right? Somebody gets an idea in their head. I don't care if it's right or it's wrong. Bless God, it's going to be hard to shake that. If they get that idea in their head, you can forget it. They see it on that and bless God. This is the way I've always believed it. And you ain't going to change me. And you better watch that kind of talk. Amen. Praise God. Unless it's on things that are solidly outlined in the word of God. Then you need to plant your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are wrestling against imaginations, ideas, thoughts, reasonings. And I have preached in services that I knew I wasn't hitting demons. I was hitting ideas reasonings, imaginations, things that were against the word of God. It wasn't demons. It was people with ideas. Why do you think people go nuts when somebody gets up in general conference preaching against television? Huh? Why? Because there's ideas in their mind that are contrary to the word of God. Oh, praise God. And I want to tell you something right now. I've learned this as a preacher. You can say it nice. You can say it moderate, and you can say it hard. And I want to tell you right now, those who love God are going to listen no matter how you say it. So you might as well just shoot straight. Praise God. Shoot from the hip, whatever you want to do, honey. Just tell it to me. 
Because, man, it don't matter if it's soft, medium, or hard. I love God, and I'm going to hear what you're saying. Praise God. We also fight demons. We do fight literal demons. Literal demons. Spiritual forces. They are real. They are real. They are real. You can't deny them. They are real. They have voices. They will speak. They have power. They have authority because they've learned to submit to the devil. See, they realize if they submit down there, they get power too. Oh, if we could only learn it. If we could only learn it. Then we fight sin. This is the tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. You still with me here tonight? Praise God. Am I going too slow here? I'm not screaming enough? Or? All right. Praise God. Sin, the tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh lusts against the spirit. There's a tug of war going on. If we get a big rope going here, Brother Mark. Man, we just pull, pull, pull. Right? There's a tug of war between flesh and spirit. Now, I want to state this to you before I move any quicker. Do demons have names? And uh, a lot of people have wondered, and I've even known among apostolics, it's hard for me to believe, but some people, they just have, I know preachers that wouldn't, man, if somebody's demon-possessed, they, they tell one of their saints to take care of it. And man, it's, it's frightened me. And I said, man, I said, they don't even believe they have authority over the devil. And I've watched some pastors do that. I've watched some saints, man, they're scared to death of the devil. Huh? You don't realize who you are then in Christ if you're scared of the devil. But let's find out, first of all, do demons have names? Number one, let me make it to you, this point to you this way. Do idols have names? Idols, Ashtoreth, Baal, Chemosh, Dagon, Diane, Molech, all the way down the line. Now, 1 Corinthians 8 first states that idols are nothing. Right? Idols are nothing. But then later on in 1 Corinthians 10, 18 through 21, he said that idols have demonic influence. That they are literally demons. Okay? You see where I'm coming from? Idols have names. And the spirit and the force behind idols is demons. The demon, of course, is putting forth his name. You understand? Idols also have animal-like tendencies, don't they? Rats. About as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus called demons by name, such as legion, death. Dumb. Epilepsy. He's called them. Now, that doesn't mean that every, because somebody's deaf, that it means it's a devil. Not in every case. Some cases it is. Sometimes it's chemical. Sometimes they were born that way. Sometimes, I understand that, okay? You understand? I, had to, I wanted to qualify that to you. Praise God. But there are certain things that are behind that. It never hurts to rebuke the devil. I think some saints got that deaf and dumb spirit. That doesn't mean stupid. That means they can't hear and they can't speak. Well, praise God. Paul addressed a spirit of fear. Now, I believe that's a demon of fear. But I also believe spirit is translated there attitude. And it is attitude of timidity. Did you know it's demonic to be shy? Well, I knew you'd like that. Love and power... And a sound mind God gave us. And he never meant any of his people to be shy concerning this gospel. I can't preach because I'm shy. I can't witness because I'm shy. I'm telling you, friend, that is an attitude that comes from hell and not from God. 
The devil wants to keep you bound up with shyness. But the Bible said they prayed for boldness. And when the Holy Ghost filled them, they spake the word of God with boldness. I'm tired of shyness. Come on. Oh, we're doing good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The goals of our enemies are these. Number one, he wants to hinder your walk and cause you to lose ground. I don't believe the devil can take your salvation. But he can hinder your walk. And he can cause you to lose ground and eventually bring you to that place. But it'll be you that's bringing you to that place. He's just influencing you. Self-destruction is another place he wants to get you to. Do you commit suicide? He'd love you to do that. He'd love everybody here to commit suicide. That's a one-way ticket to hell. Of course, eventually, death by any means. That is his goal for you. Do you understand? This is no game. The devil's out to kill you, honey. He's out to take your spiritual walk with God as well. Praise God. You better stay in the Father's house. You better make sure you stay under protection. Praise God. Amen. Now you're going to really like this as we move. Are you still here with me? I know we're not going to be able to get to the armor tonight, but we get to this at least first. But the character of demons is identified in the Bible with the flesh. This is what I ta was talking about, about the ally that the devil has, is the flesh. Doesn't the Bible say that hell was made for the devil and his angels? Does that mean you have to be like a devil or the angels, or one of his angels, to go there? Yeah, it does. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. That means you have to have the character of the devil or one of his demons to go there. And believe me, the old man's got it. We got every character of the devil right inside of us. And we got, that's why we got to keep it crucified. Huh? So you got to ha have to act like one or the other to perish in hell. The devil or one of his angels. Number one list, adultery. We've mentioned this before. You'll hear it again. I want you to get it in your brain. Adultery, infidelity, apostasy, or a male paramour or a woman's lover is literally what adultery is. Infidelity unfaithfulness spiritually physically to your marriage vow whatever it is is adultery adultery apostasy or turning from the faith leaving the truth of god's word of repentance and baptism in the name of jesus and the, for the remission of sins and receiving the holy ghost and we've got apostate churches all around that have denied the word of God. And let me tell you, to deny those things, you have got to forcibly deny that the word of God states them so plainly. You must repent. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. And you must receive the Holy Ghost. But apostasy is no more than spiritual adultery called a male paramour or woman's lover. You sit there and you read those romance novels and get your mind full of all that of you being with another man. I think we got some behind this pew over here, a bunch of them. And believe me, it's been a plague in Pentecost. A lot of times because daddy doesn't treat mama right. Huh? Honey, if you don't treat her right, she'll find somebody that will. And the same goes for your husband. If you don't treat him right, he'll find somebody that will treat him right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Praise God. Amen. Adultery. And everybody goes around. This is what kills me about divorce and everything. Oh, they committed adultery. Well, what did you do to push them there? Now, I know. That's the, I know. In some cases, it may be justified so-called. 
Because I don't believe all that junk. I don't believe. I really don't. I'm telling you right now. But I'll tell you one thing about this. Some people, they go around and they say, well, they committed. But they did everything in the world to push them out the door. But God, he saw you. And you won't get away. Make sure you do it right before God. And then we got these guys that will backslide for three months. Go out, get divorced, everything else. Come to church and want to sing in the choir. It always kills me. Oh, we were backslid when we did it. Man, it's gotten quiet. Oh, brother, give me a re- oh, I mean, come on now. I mean, this is old-fashioned. I know. Praise God. I like it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Fornication. Fornication is prostitution or harlotry. You say, well, I, I've never been a prostitute. Well, a prostitute is one that sells themselves for money, for price. They sell themselves. And if you sell yourself for a feeling, I don't care what the price is, you're still a prostitute. Sure, price tag was a little different. heard about one young lady that sat at a table with a very rich, affluent man, a millionaire. And he looked at this young lady, and he said, young lady, would you sleep with me for $200,000? She kind of blushed and shook her head yes. Then he looked at her and said, would you sleep with me for $20? She said, oh, what kind of woman do you think I am? He said, we've already established what kind of woman you are. Just wondered what the price would be. Whether it's $20 or $200,000, honey, it makes no difference to God. You're still a prostitute. Well, praise God. You know, I wish somebody had preached like this to me. Thank God I got a hold of the Bible. Hallelujah. Praise God. Harlotry. Fornication. Well, we, do, we better move on quickly. I got a list here. Uncleanness. Moral impurity. Moral impurity. Impurity of character. Impurity of morals. Huh? How is your morals? How is your ethics? Do what's right, you know. Just some things are just plain right. They're good. Moral. You're just a, a moral person. You know, you don't go around, you know, somebody that's, that is uh, not of uncleanness doesn't go around showing themselves naked in public. Now, we don't, and I know some of you, the people laugh when I say this, and I guess it's a little humorous in one way. But none of you ladies would run outside in your, in your uh, underwear, would you? No way. Huh? You wouldn't do that. You'd be embarrassed to tears. But just put a little color on it, little polka dots, and, and then call it a bathing suit, and hey, it's okay. You the devil, he's got you buffaloed. You're running around in front of other men and everything else, and oh, they, they shouldn't look at you. Honey, why are you putting on the pose then? Oh, please, visitors, I hope you understand that. I mean, I think this is good. This is old-fashioned. Now, I'm just, I'm on, I'll tell you, I'm only 28 years old. I don't mind telling you that right now. But I love this. Praise God. And I want these elders to know, we, I believe what they preach. Praise God. I'm glad there's somebody standing for holiness. My God. Help us, Jesus. Uncleanness, moral impurity. You, 
you just wouldn't, I mean, man, you'd get arrested years ago for going out like some girls do now. And men run around showing his hairy legs off and his big, bad old pukey chest that he has. Looks like it's sunken in. He thinks he's, I don't know what. <laughs> Uncleanness. Moral impurity. How are we doing? That's good. Uh, we could get into some more things on that, but we'll move on. Uh, lasciviousness. Wantonness. This is unrestrained behavior. Just do what you want to do. No restraints. Hey, just go ahead. Throw the reins off. Praise God. I just do what I want to do. And one man said, you throw the reins off of the horse, man. You, cho you chew on the devil's corn. You're going to choke on his cob, honey. No restraint. Huh? Got to fill the credit cards up to the max. God help us all. No restraint. Man, it's getting quiet again. I don't understand this. Uh, praise God. He should shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. But, uh, wantonness. Uh, wantonness. Always desiring something. Always never have enough. Always got to have some more. Got 30 pairs of shoes in the closet. Got to have another pair. You buy a bow and then you got to buy a dress and a pair of shoes to match with it. My God. Hey, and while we're speaking about bows. Now, I'm not going to preach against the bow now. Just hold on with me. But you know, some of you going around with these big old gold and pearl things in the back of your head. What are you, crazy? And they used to, the Bible, you know, states to us not the wearing of gold or pearls, a costly array. And they used to take those and braid it into the hair, that gold and that silver and that pearl, and braid that in. That's too close to the type. Huh? Some of you going around with a fender on the back of your head. I mean, come on, huh? It's too much. What's wrong with just a nice material bow? And I'm not talking about a helicopter either. Just something to keep your hair up. You take off. Modern, just take it easy. When we talk about decoration and adornment and everything else, huh? No, my that's why my wife. I I don't I don't let her sell gold and silver and all that other stuff. She won't wear them. Praise God. Well, I think that's good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you preach against it. You preach against it everywhere else, but it's okay in your hair, you know. We say the same thing about rings. You're going to put it in your hair. I mean, come on. Let's just put a couple of, you know, a couple of rings right up here. You know, what's wrong with that? Hey. Uh, supposed to be talking about warfare, right? But I told you this is character. This is uh, the character. Amen. And this is the character of the devil. Flesh. Amen. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Idolatry, an object of excessive devotion. What do you spend your time with? What do you spend it most with? That's your idol. That's your God. Whatever you spend most of your time doing. Except that, you know, and I'm not, what's that? You can glorify God and then praise God. Huh? Well, uh, I know. Boy, I better move quickly. I can feel somebody's getting nervous. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. But I mean, 40 hours a week's not good enough for you. You've got to work all the overtime, no matter if it puts you out of church or not. You just can't have enough money and everything else. And wonder why your family's flushing down the toilet and you... Yeah, I know we've got to move on. I talked about this the other night. Witchcraft, rebellion, consulting demons, divination, and uh, domination also comes under witchcraft. Some of you like to put everybody under your little thumb. Bless God, you're going to do it my way or I'll break you. Huh? Some of you use that domination on your parents, some of you kids. You might use tears and you might use arguing and whatever you, but bless God, you're going to dominate them if you can. That's witchcraft. That woman, you always want the way in the home. Every time your husband goes to make a decision, you're always, ah, nah, yeah, 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 yeah. And no, you're not going to do that. And you're like Delilah and you got Samson in your lap and you'll wear him down to finally you find out his secret. The Bible said he had, she had vexed his soul almost to death by annoying him and by consulting him and talking to him. That's why the Bible said it's better to be on the corner of a roof and to live with a contentious woman. Better to be out in the desert and to live with an argumentative woman. That's true. And I know it works. I know it works both ways now. I understand that. Your husband has the authority, but you're not Hitler, buddy. You're going to submit yourself to one another. You know, your wife's not an idiot. If she's an idiot, then look who she married. I can really feel like we're digging in tonight, Brother Elder. I, I just, man, I, praise God. I, I feel really good about it. I'm not trying to hurt your feeling. I'm just telling you. And I know we all say things that we've got to apologize for, but really, you know, you need to listen to one another. Uh, domination we were talking about, weren't we? Yes. Good. Praise God. That's why the ministry can't even be lords over God's heritage. We've got to show by example. We can't tell you what to do and bless God, do as I say, not as I do. Glory. Uh, we're not here to dominate you. I'm tired of, I told you, we're tired of being morticians. We're not here to dress up the dead. You don't want to serve God? Fine. You want to serve and bless God? Let's go to heaven. Praise the Lord. You know, we're not here to dominate. I'm just going to preach to you. You want to do it? Fine. If you don't, great. It's up to you. Make your choice. Praise the Lord. Well, let me move on. Hatred, personal animosity, hostility. Personal animosity. You got something? Animosity against somebody? Huh? You hold feelings against somebody? Huh? Some hatred in your heart? Every time you think about them, boy, you just, well, I'd like to get them. Hostility. Let me move on here. Variance, rivalry, and discord. Variance is rivalry and discord. Always got to compete with somebody else in the church. They, get, they teach Sunday school, bless God, you got it. They sing a, a solo, bless God, you've got to. It's to keep up with them. And I got my little ride. Yeah, she sings real good. I think I, oh man, I, man, I can't stand that. Well, I want to get where they are. They always play the piano. Yeah. They always play the yard. How can they hold that me? 
Personal animosity, hostility, always got a stink going on. Man, I've got to move here. There's quite a list. Uh, praise God. Hatred, personal animosity, hostility, variances, rivalry, and discord. Amen. And then there's emulations, which is jealousies. You're always jealous of what somebody else has. And this all ties in. Do you see that? See how that all works together? Amen. Wrath. This is stirring the emotions and then exploding. Getting yourself so riled up that you just explode. Oh, you never did that, did you? I know we don't have anybody like that. Praise God. Uh, let's move on. Amen. And I have seen spirits in the occult that latched themselves to people. We call them occultic anger. And demons would get a hold of people, and man, they'd explode into horrendous anger. Strife. Now this was interesting to me in the Greek. This was totally different than I thought it would be. Strife is he who serves in an official position for hire and uses it for their own selfish purposes. This will cause strife. Let me uh, read that again. Uh, he who serves in an official position for hire and uses it for their own selfish purposes. This is what will cause strife. Huh? You got your little position in here? Well, you know, whatever the payment is, maybe it's uh, to be a little affluential in the church or whatever, whatever your hire is. And you use it for your own selfish purposes. That's like a lot of boards I know of. Well, uh, I'm about to move. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, but I have a hard time with that. Amen. Uh, heresies. <laughs> Praise God. I welcome as a skunk in a lawn party. Praise God. Heresies. What is heresies? This is sex and clicks. We were talking about this the other night. Little sex and clicks in the church. Remember we said clicks are of the devil? Everybody say clicks are of the devil. Your little group in the church? Us four and no more? Our little Shoney's group, our little Denny's group, and got the one over here, a little Village Inn group, and our little Burger King group, and hey, we don't want nobody coming in on our little group. We got some of you, you're off on your own, you won't fellowship with nobody. Heresies. It's not just talking about false doctrine. God considers sex and cliques in the church as bad as false doctrine. We're talking about the uh, nature of the enemy. Can't you see how these get in the church? Can't you see how these cause problems in the church? Can't you see how this causes more spiritual warfare in the church than we can handle? Envyings, feelings of ill will, that goes along with animosity, doesn't it? Murdering, slaying and killing, whether character or reputation, whatever you kill in somebody else, you're a murderer. Drunkard, intoxication, huh? Don't cause your brother to stumble by wine or strong drink. My brother had a guy in his church, he owned a bar, claimed to be an apostolic. I sat down with that guy and said, you know that you're going to have to sell that bar, don't you? Oh, he didn't like that. Intoxication, huh? We stay away from the vino and, and all that other good, oh, come on. Whiskey and scotch, whatever it is. I mean, it's, all, it's bad for you. You don't need that junk. Your body treats alcohol like poison. Did you know that? 
It does its best to get rid of it. That's why you get drunk so quick. It, goes, it pumps through your body. It treats it like a poison. Huh? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. That's right. Revelry. This goes along with drunkenness. Revelry is a Bacchus drinking party. The Bacchus, the god of wine, is Bacchus. And Bacchus, of course, to celebrate the feast of Bacchus, they would have drinking parties till they puked all over the place. That was, huh? Hey, that's what people do today. Oh, look at the fun we're having. Go out to the bar and you get drunk as a skunk and then you puke the rest of the night. Oh, wow. Look at what we're doing. We're doing what we want. What a time we're having. Look at all them crazy religious nuts. Who's nuts? It ain't me, honey. I get drunk in the Holy Ghost and never get a hangover. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, are you ready for a little bit more? How long we've been going here? I've finished my list. But there are two open doors I've mentioned to you to the devil. The two greatest open doors. I guess Betty didn't last too long through this, did she, sister? But praise God. She gets too nervous. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get a hold of her. Don't worry. Praise God. Amen. Unforgiveness. 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. Speak of this. Lest Satan get an advantage over us, the Bible said we should forgive that brother. Forgiveness. You want to see demons that latch hold on you? You want to see the devil get a spirit on you? Just go ahead and hold on forgiveness. I want to show you, I want to show you what it does. Watch this. See this glass here, how full it is? See, that's all different sins that you've held against people. There's other people out there, you've held all this unforgiveness and it's filled up this cup full. And you know what the devil does? He comes along with that spirit of unforgiveness. He keeps it all in. The Bible says forgive, otherwise God can't forgive you. See all those sins that are in that glass? The devil can take any one of those sins and bind you with them. It might be lust, it might be lying. Anything you hold against somebody else, he will take them. Remember the Bible said when that guy didn't forgive, the, the, the king cast him into prison and he said he would not come out till he paid the uttermost farthing? I don't think that's talking about hell. I think that's talking about right now. And you will not come out of that prison till you pay, honey. And it will bind you. Lust. What is it you're holding against somebody? And you know the thing about unforgiveness? I might hold unforgiveness against Charlotte over here. You know, there's good things about Charlotte. But that one thing she did to me, yeah, she did it. You know, I got that in my mind. And I keep looking at that. And I keep looking. You know what happens? I become just like that bad thing about her. There's a lot of good things about Charlotte. But the one bad thing about her, now I'm becoming it. And after a while, I start doing what she did to me, to others. Remember one lady, she had her husband was running around on her. And boy, she got that bitterness in her heart. And guess what after a while she was doing? Running around. Doing the same thing he was doing. Calling him a bum. And the devil will lock you up. And the only way to pop the cork is to forgive. And then it'll all come running out. And that's the only time you'll get deliverance. The only time you'll be set free. Oh, that's right. That's the number one door. The, the second is anger. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. The Bible said, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Give not an opportunity to the devil. You hear me? Your rage and your anger. It's just like opening your heart and saying, Devil, come on in. 
Can, can uh, Christians be demon-possessed? By no means. But we got a lot of people that sit in the church. They claim to be Christians, but they're backslid. And they got demons. Because they're not living right. And anger has been allowed constantly. And I'm, I'm not talking about one fly off the hand. Yes, God, I forgive you. You know, I'm making mistakes. Everybody gets mad. I understand. The Bible said be angry and say not. But if you continue in that anger, you're going to have problems. Now, is this what you expected about warfare? Maybe not. I don't know. Praise God. But I'm telling you, friend, I've watched this in my own life. And I had a woman pray with me over six hours before I was delivered from the demons that inhabited me. So I know all about it. And I held bitterness and unforgiveness. And I had an occultic rage where I could pick a man up by his shirt and lift him up and put him up on the wall. Even as a teenager. I remember that. That wrath. And you hear me, friend. I, I, I've seen it happen. It's scary. But I know what it's like. You can't fool me. You can't fool me. I know what's going on. Praise God. Are you listening to me? Amen. Well, let me give I'm trying to finish up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get done here. Are you... I know we preach for a while, but uh, can you stand a little more? I'd like to finish this up so we can get into the armor tomorrow night. Is that all right? If God will allow. Praise God. Amen. This is exciting to me. I hope it is to you. There's some other attitudes that we need in worship. Number one, you need these four priorities. You've got to know Christ if you're going to be in spiritual warfare. Acts 19 and 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are ye? Does the devil know who you are because you know Jesus? That's number one. Don't go cast out a devil if you're not right with God because that thing will jump on you. I've watched spirits transfer from people and it's not pretty. I watched it happen from one lady to another. She wasn't right with God and they were casting the devil out of that woman and I watched that spirit transfer over that other woman. That horror that came over her face and the scream, I'll never forget it as long as I live. No, you have to be like Christ, number two. The four priorities. You've got to win the lost. You've got to edify the church. Those are, the, those are four priorities that must be about a warrior. He knows Christ. He's like Christ. He wins the lost, and he edifies the church. Are we, are we all right? For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 2 Corinthians 10. For the weapon, weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's reasonings. Remember that? And we take captive every thought to the obedience or the knowledge of God. Amen. And make it obedient to Christ. How about that? We take down those thoughts. We rip them down. We put them down. And we say, you're going to listen. That's what you got to do to yourself. When you get things and attitudes in your heart, you tear down that attitude. By the word of God said, you are going to listen to God. And you're going to be obedient to Christ. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, listen, buddy boy, you're going to get with it. You're going to love God. You think, I've done it to myself. I've gotten frustrated looking in the mirror and said, listen, you, you're going to get right with God. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you're thinking about right now. You're not right. I know, I've lost some of you on that one. You talk to yourself that way, you better believe it. I've got to do it. How about you? Praise God. Some of you need to do it. 
say, listen, you're going to have revival. You're going to worship God. You're going to do what's right, buddy. Look yourself in the mirror. Praise God. And we're ready to punish every act of disobedience. Once your obedience is complete, how do you punish every act of disobedience? By your obedience. You want to see the disobedient be punished? You obey. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Weapons of a warfare. You know what it literally is in the Greek? The armor of our apostolic office. How about that? Do you know you have an, you're not an apostle, but you have an apostolic office because you're an apostolic. You're special to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm giving you this. I think you're going to like this one. How would you you want to hear some Roman mi mindsets of warfare? I want to tell you what the Romans did when they psyched themselves up for, to fight. Number one, they had the brutality mentality. This is what it is. This was an attitude of murder. One who enjoys bloodshed. I tell you, I can get down on this. We're talking about the devil now. I don't know about you, but he treated me pretty bad. A person who likes to see blood flow from the wound. Brutality. Ah, I like it. Amen. Look at what he has done to you, friend. Think about what he's done to your family. Think about what he's done to some of your children. Think about it. Think about it right now. Doesn't it make you mad? Doesn't it make you want to see his kingdom come down and lop off his old ugly head? I'm telling you, we have got to get that some of us are in too commu much communication with the devil. One man said, lead us out of temptation, but some of us don't mind staying in touch. Some of us, we're still hooked up with the devil. We're still communicating with them. Not me, friend. Our communication lines are broke down. I sent him a Dear John letter a long time ago. And I said, you're not, you're not living in my life. You're not going to do to me what you've been doing to me and my family. I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to break you, devil. I said, I'm going to break you. That's right. My God, some of you need to get that mind. See, the, see, the devil's got the counterfeit, don't he? That's the most popular movies around today is the ones about bloodshed and about, he said, that's his counterfeit. He wants you to murder flesh and blood. He doesn't want you to get the attitude about him to get angry at what he's doing to this world. You hear me? That's right. I like to carry my spiritual M16. Say, buddy, you're the disease, but I'm the cure. That's right. Is there five or is there six, devil? Wouldn't you like to know? Five. Praise God. That's right. I wish some of you get a hold of it and get it in your mind. You believe in Jesus? Good, because you're going to see him. Oh, I love that. That's right. And the world has got, the, got it all backwards. They want vengeance against themselves. Vengeance against this. Why do you revenge the kingdom of darkness by your obedience and loving Jesus and get a brutality mindset that you will not do this to my church. You won't do this to my family. You won't do this to my wife. My God. I said, look what he's done to you. Look how he's made some of you sick. Look at some of the diseases he's tried to put on you. Look how he's tried to take and take in some of your family and done things before you were able to reach them with the gospel. Doesn't it make you mad? Doesn't it make you want to get a vengeance in your heart to bring down the kingdom of darkness? My God. There's a bully mentality too you got to have. 
Hit them first. Strike them first. Don't let them get you. You hear me? Some of you wait for the devil to come to you before you fight. Knock on his little door and say, listen. Come here, devil. Come on out, little devil. So, oh, brother, give me your talking bow words. I'm telling you right now, he's a wimp compared to Jesus. And Jesus is in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. If I can't take him out, daddy's standing right behind me. And he'll take him out for me. Glory, get a bully mentality. Hit him first. I said hit him first. Back in his eye before he can get you. Oh God, I feel it. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. But I feel it tonight. Praise God. I wish you'd stir your emotions. You know, this isn't all spiritual stuff. Sometimes you got to stir your emotions. Sometimes you got to stir up your pure mind. And say, listen, i got to have this bully mentality. I'm not going to let him get me. I'm going to get him first. Then there's the daredevil mentality. Excuse the phraseology. A daredevil is a man who wants to be on the front lines to see the enemy first. Let me go first. Send me. Got a volunteer? Yeah, me. Don't you want to know what it is? I don't care. Send me out. Huh? We need some people to witness. Okay. Let's go. He's a people fast. Oh, praise God. Set me out. Huh? Come on. Uh. Come on, we need somebody to fight. Here, take this. I got it. I'm ready to go. Come on. Oh, man, I feel it. Hallelujah. Get on the front line. I don't want to be in the back. I don't want somebody else to get the glory. Let me get out there first. I want to move out there and be close to my captain. Be close to my Lord. That's right. Because, honey, he's not in the back. You believe he's leading this thing on, on a white horse. And I want to be with him. And if you don't think it takes it to be a, a, a minute man and to be a part of the service of God to make it, you're not going to make it then. Because the Bible said when he comes back, he's coming back with an army. And we're that army, honey. So you better make sure you're fighting. You better make sure you're in the militia. Because that's the only one's going to make it. Glory. That's right. Come on. The Roman soldier's mentality was... If you didn't kill the enemy, don't come home. If you didn't kill the enemy, don't come home. And believe me, that drove them. That pushed them. Because they wanted to go home. How about you? I want to go home. And nobody's going to get, the, the, get, the, get me off balance. Come on. Nobody's going to push me and knock me down and thrust a sword through me. I want to go home to Mama. I want to go home to Daniel. That's right. Praise God. Did you hear me? And one of these days, friend, if you'll get that mentality, you can go home to be with Jesus Christ one day in heaven. Let me tell you how real this is. Here, stand in front of your wife there for a minute. Stand up, wife. Here, turn around. Look at me. Brother Bankins was an evangelist. And I'll never forget this story. He said in a dream one night, and Brother Bankins was a millionaire. 
He was down in Louisiana, sold all these parts, these oil companies and everything else, made millions of dollars, but he was running from the call of God, and he was losing his family. Pentecostal all of his life. His mother was raised in Pentecost. And he said one day, in a dream, when he was going through all this, and he finally turned to God, he said, in the dream, the devil stood in front of him like I stand in front of you right now. And the devil went over to reach for his wife. And when he did, Brother Bankins pushed him out of the way. And he said, when he did, he said, the devil hauled back and hit him in the chest. I mean, buddy, he let him have it. I know you think you're tough, but the devil will knock you off your pins. You hear me? You trust in your own strength. Isn't that right? You've done that sometimes, haven't you? I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. My God, brother. Trust in the strength of the Lord. He's stronger than you are. Praise God. Man, you know it. He'll close you with his armor. Boy, you'll cut some devil's heads off. And there's some you need to cut off. You hear me? You've got to protect this family. Praise God. But he said, that devil hold back. And he said, man, he hit him in that chest. And he said, he'd been hit before. He'd been in barroom brawls when he was backslidden and everything else. And he said, he never felt anything like that in his life. He said he could tell who was behind him. Next, it was one of his sons, and the devil reached for him, and he pushed him away again, and the devil, pow! And he said, Tom, his wife came back, his sons, one after the other, and he reached over, and he pushed him back, and the devil hit him again. He thought he couldn't breathe anymore. And he said he woke up from the dream. You can sit down now. They woke up from the dream, and he said the sheets were soaked. He was sweating. He's a big man. He said he had the sheets torn off the bed, and he was they were saturated. He said he walked, and he was stunned, and he got up out of the dream, and he walked into the bathroom. He turned the lights on, and he was putting some cold water on his face, and he'd see, man, he's, he's almost like he could still feel it. So out of curiosity, he lifted up his T-shirt, and he was bruised all over his chest when he woke up out of that dream. And I'm telling you, friend, this is no joke. The devil wants your family. He wants your kids. He wants those little girls to be prostitutes. He wants those boys to be hooked on drugs. You hear me? He wants your wife to be walking the streets, lost away from God. You hear me? And that's what he's trying to do. But you listen to me tonight. I'm talking to you. You need to stand against him. I don't care what the cost is. I'm not saying it won't tickle. I'm not saying, friend, there won't be a price to pay in this warfare. You think that it's all going to be glory. But sometimes you get wounds. Sometimes you get scars in battle. You hear me? But fight anyway. Fight anyway. You hear me? Get a mentality that I'm going to fight the devil. Praise God. Amen. Well, I'm almost done. You bear with me a few more minutes here. Praise God. I've got to do this and then I, I can't do any more until we get to the armor here. Praise God tomorrow. Praise God. The third endowment. Amen. We'll, we'll begin it here, but it's not what I want to talk about. The armor is tomorrow night. That'll take a night. Amen. The third endowment. Take unto you. Pick up that which was laid down. This is the third one. Take unto you. These soldiers actually laid it down. They had to pick it up again. The whole armor. Nothing excluded. You have to have it all. Remember the axe and the 238s. Buddy, you've got to have every bit of it. Amen. Remember Achilles' heel? Remember the story about Achilles' heel? The guy was unbeatable. But if you could unscrew that heel, all his blood would flow out. Huh? That's where we got well, the Achilles' heel? Amen. So that's, he had one vulnerable place. You cannot afford to have one vulnerable place. Otherwise, you'll come down. Hey, this is no joke. I'm telling Ignatius. 
in his epistle to Polycarp, stated this, Please the captain unto whom you serve, from whom you shall receive wages. Let none of you be found a deserter. Let your baptism be your shield, your faith as your helmet, your love as your spear, your patience as your whole armor. Let your good works be your savings that you may receive justly what is to your credit. He was talking army language now. Now note this. When a bounty was given to soldiers, only one half was paid at a time. The rest was placed in a savings bank and managed by an officer. This with prize money was paid to the soldier at his discharge. Deserters or dishonorables forfeited their accumulations. Everything that they had built up before, if they would desert, was gone. You know, uh, that's what Ezekiel 18 says, that a righteous man, no matter how much righteousness he's done, if he shall turn from that righteousness, all the good things that he has done shall no more be remembered. People think of backsliding like, like it's eating a piece of cheese. But when you backslide, every good thing you've accumulated, all the equity, everything you put into your bank account is canceled. So don't backslide. Otherwise, you'll forfeit all your reward, everything you won, everything you were paid. We got them in Pentecost. We got the POWs. Those are the people that don't think the devil ever bothers them. You know why the devil never bothers them, brother? Because they're prisoners of war. He's already got them. You know why the devil never bothers you? Because he's got you right where he wants you. Everything's going smooth. The devil never bothers me, brother Don. Praise God, I'm doing fine. Huh? That's, those are POWs. Those are the guys that, they're already in prison. They're already behind bars. He's already got them. Where, oh, Jesus won it all. And I've heard all these people talking about, yeah, he won it all. And the whole world should be saved because of it, but the whole world's not. You've got to appropriate it. And you've got to appropriate salvation through what he says, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and receiving the Holy Ghost. And you've got to appropriate victory the same way. You got to appropriate. You got to bring it into your life. You got the MIAs. You got the missing in action, brother elder. Every time something's come up to be done in the church, they're missing in action. Huh? Always, you know, twenty percent of the church does all the work. Well, you sit back and you warm the pew on your velvet-coated doctrine, sitting on your hiney. But you're missing in action every time something's to be done. Then we got a wall. They're absent without leave. Nobody knows where they are. Huh? Never call a telepath. You're staying out of service. Bless God, you just do what you want. AWOL, absent without leave. Why are you so quiet? Is this too much? I'm overfeeding the baby again tonight? My Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then you got the Section 8. <laughs> They're just nuts. That's right. And you got one in every church. Don't worry. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Gibbon, who's there's another highfalutin Greek, related how these relaxation 
so they obtained permission they laid their armor down but the apostle Paul uses the phraseology take unto you pick it up again pick it up again you've laid it down you've been losing the battle you've been walking out without a helmet walking out without a breastplate walking out without your protection and your offense you need to pick up that armor again you need to pick up that which some of you used to be prayer warriors some of you are into spiritual warfare some of you are not afraid of the devil but it got too hard you were tired of doing it by yourself so you laid it down but the Lord's saying tonight you need to take it up again you need to pick up the armor again I said you need to pick it up again glory now we're getting done withstanding the evil day face to face we said again you may be able to withstand him face to face contradict him resist him with say him in the day of adversity in battle. When the devil says black, you say white. When he, come on. When he says, he says yes, you say no. You resist him. You with say him. When he says, turn these stones into bread, said, no way. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. With say him. Stand up against him. Say, devil, you're not going to do this. I resist you. I would say you. I don't care what he says. I don't care if he tells me I'm not safe. That's a sure sign I am. I don't care if he tells me I'm not healed. That's a sure sign I am. Come on. I'm going to withsay the devil. I knew one lady in a church that withstood the devil. And she got up. She had a huge goiter on her neck. And she'd get up every service and say, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Every Wednesday night she'd stand up. By his stripes I am healed. By every time church would start, she'd testify. Just those short, short words. By his stripes. And the big goiter hanging off her neck. It became a joke in the church. The people laughed at her. They thought it was ridiculous how she would stand up there time after time it went on for a month or two doing that and she wasn't healed yet and they said man what is wrong with this woman but she was with saying and with saying and resisting and resisting and she said one day she got up and she'd do it every morning she'd get up in the bed and she'd say by his stripes I am healed and walk around the house by his stripes I am healed and she said one day she was getting out of bed and walked into the bathroom and looked into the mirror and the goiter was gone because she learned to withstand and with say the devil you gotta resist him resist him resist him resist him come on don't you think God didn't give you those emotions for a reason stir him up say I won't stand for it 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 my God how do you know this having done all to stand Stand, therefore. What does that mean? Everything the crisis demands in preparation for the battle. In the battle itself, use all. Do all. Do not accept status quo. Do not judge yourself by the stance of another or by how another's winning in the battle. Forget about all that. Give it all and leave nothing undone. Having done all to stand, make sure you're able to stand. Make sure you're supported. Make sure your arm is tight to your body. Make sure your sandals are tight to your feet. Make sure you've got that in your hand and it won't let go that's right friend having done all to stand stand therefore and that word stand therefore means stand at a standstill or stand as victor but bless God stand 
That's right. Either stand to a standstill or stand. My God, I feel it tonight. Somebody needs to listen to what I'm saying. I know this is a lot, but I'm opening it up to you the best way I can. Stand at a standstill or stand as a victor. Amen. This in the context of imagery is not an invasion of massive forces of evil, but of individual soldiers withstanding assault. One-on-one, brother. That's all it is. God's not asking you to be the whole army. He's just asking you to be one soldier. And bless God, stand to a standstill or advance in. Advance in. Advance in. But my God, don't let him push you back. Don't let him move you back. Don't let him push you back. Don't let him move you back. Stand to a standstill or stand as victor. But my God, stand. My God. I'm so mad at the devil tonight. I'm telling you, I hate his guts. I said I hate him. I know what he's done to me. I know what he's done to some of you. He's buffaloed you. He's got you all bound out. He's told some of you can't have revival here. But I'm telling you, you can't have it. You can be set free. You can be delivered. You can walk with God. I'm going to finish and stand on your feet. Everybody, stand. Stand. So just stand. Sir, I'm on my feet. I'm ready to go. What do you want me to do? God, give us that attitude. Give us a military attitude. God, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You just tell me how high and I'll jump, baby. I'm ready to go. I mean to show you, God, that I mean business. I mean to show you I'm not a wimp. I mean to show you, God, that I want to live for you. And I want to fight the devil. You're worried some of you wimps. Wimps. Jellyfish. Spineless. The things of this world come along, you give in. And you flounder. You hear me? But you need to stand. Some of you young people, you need to get it in your heart. See, I'm going to stand against the enemy. I'm going to stand against temptation. I'm going to stand against what this world has to offer. And say, bless God, you won't do that to me. Either I'm going to conquer you, or we're going to meet to a standstill. But you're not going to get me. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's right. Think of that, and it happens in common things in life. You can't make me take drugs. You won't make me cheat on my test. That's right. You won't make me get in the back, back seat of that car with that boy or that girl. You won't get me in that position, devil, because I am on guard. I'm ready. Come on. Come on. You won't get me, devil. You won't get me. I'm going to get you, devil. You hear me, devil? I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you for what you did to me. I hate you. I'm going to get you. I've been getting them good, too, Brother Bill. I've been getting them good. He don't like this holiness preaching. He don't like this one God Jesus name preaching. He don't like the Holy Ghost preaching. He don't mind that other stuff. He'll support that other stuff. But he don't like us, does he? He fights us. Why don't you get excited when people fight us? Why don't you get excited when they resist us? That means we're on the right team, honey. Stand, therefore, means in the view of the arguments that the Apostle Paul had just made. In full uniform, stand 
not ignorantly or unprepared. Stand ready to fight. Some of you thought we wouldn't be in a fight after Sunday night service talking about faith and claiming healings and all this other junk. Hey, honey, you better just get used to it. You start making proclamations like that, you have a fight in your hands. That's all right. You can win. If, you'll know, if you know what I'm preaching about tonight, just keep your character right. Just keep your attitude right. You'll be okay. He can't get you. What he's trying to do is get you off balance. He's trying to push you. He's trying to move you. See, he's trying, come on, come on, you know, come on, come on, come on. Just move, just move, come on. He, that's annoying. He, you hate that. That's what he does, right? He annoys you. It's like that bee. Like that, you know, you get that fly getting in your ear. You're trying to go to sleep at night. And that mosquito. That's why he's Beelzebub, the prince of the flies. He annoys you. He tries to get you off balance. He wants you to move. He wants you to run. Huh? That's right. But in the view of the arguments that have been made tonight, stand. Stand. I'm going to talk about the armor of God tomorrow night. I hope you have enjoyed this tonight. But I'm telling you, keep your heart right and you'll be okay. You'll win. All the devil wants to do is to push you off balance. And you listen to me, you that are here tonight. The Bible says the devil has one main goal. That the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And the devil has done one good job of blinding people. And you know what he blinds them with? He tries to use scripture. But it's perverted. It's twisted. You know, he, he said to Jesus, he said, doesn't it say the angels will take charge over you? You know, lest at any time you should dash your foot against a stone. But he never finished the scripture. He said, and you shall tread on the lion and the adder. And, ah, he didn't quote that part. He just used what was convenient. And we got all these people running around saying, well, you know, just look at the book of Romans. You don't have to look at the book of Acts. Hey, the Bible said, believe thou in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Hey, but it said some other things about salvation too, honey. It said, repent. Jesus commanded us to repent. The apostles commanded us to repent. Jesus commanded us to be baptized. The apostles commanded us to be baptized. Jesus commanded us and John the Baptist commanded us and the apostles commanded us to receive the Holy Ghost. But the devil says, uh-uh, just look at this. Just believe and I'll eventually bring you into a state just like all the other Hindus. And your mental ascent. And soon we'll get it down to a little mantra where we'll repeat a little prayer at the altar. That's all it is, is a mantra. All it is, is most denominations are glorified Hinduism and New Age. That's all it is. Say your little mantra. Repeat your little mantra. Say your little prayer. The Catholics got it down to the max. They got their little prayers. And they got these you say. And these you say for your penance and the glory patry and a Hail Mary and the Our Father. And just say these. Say your little mantra. She's not a Hindu. Hey, he's got it now. See, the devil, he's not using nothing new. He just added a little color to it. Change the names. And I'm telling you, if nobody ever, no preacher ever had the guts to look you in the eye, I'm tonight telling you, you need to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. 
Jesus loves you too much to give you the cheap. Amen. That's right. He's given you full salvation in the Bible, and you can have it. I'm not saying you don't have an experience with God. I believe you might have an experience with God somewhat, but you don't have all that you need. The Bible said repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. He said, I've already been baptized, but have you been baptized in the name of the Savior? Have you been baptized in the name of the crucified one? Do all that you do in word or in deed, the Bible says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you received the Holy Ghost and spoken, yes, with other tongues? Don't tell me Methodist spoken tongues, Baptist spoken tongues at one time. They were Lutherans. I heard a tongue talking nuns and monks of early ages that went by that were seeking God in prayer and God met them because they were honest hearted. Don't tell me, friend. There was a time that every denomination tried to follow in the way that God wanted them to go, but they wouldn't do it. And I'm talking about American, American religion now. I believe there's always been an apostolic church. I don't believe we've been reformed and nothing. You can't reform apostolic truth. And I'm telling you that right now. I don't believe we come out of Catholicism and reformed into what we have now. I don't believe it. I believe there's always been people that tongue-talking, baptized in Jesus' name, believe that Jesus Christ was God. But as far as American religion, we, can, we understand. I've heard the stories of tongue-talking Methodists. Amen. I've got articles I could show you. And Baptists speaking in tongues. One Methodist man told one of our pastors, if the Methodists had obeyed God, there wouldn't be a United Pentecostal Church today. We'd be it. How about that? Are you making fun of religions? No, I'm not. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's the enemy's trying to trip people up and trying to give them just enough of the truth garbed with religion but it's error garbed with religion I want to ask quickly with every head bowed every eye closed right now please even if you've never been in a service like this before just honor these few moments please as my wife's coming right now in Jesus name I want you to think about what I've said have you repented have you been baptized in Jesus name have you received the Holy Ghost would you like to tonight make it right with God? It won't hurt you. And you can have Bible salvation tonight. In Jesus' name. You hear you want to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, or receive the Holy Ghost? Would you lift up a hand right now and say, yes, that's me. You're talking to me, Brother Kidney. And I want what you're preaching about tonight. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it. I'm not going to wait very long. I'm not going to force anybody. If you've got somebody around you that you could ask right now in the Holy Ghost, if they would like to come to the altar, would you ask them right now? In Jesus' name. Come on, saints, let's pray for a moment. Please ask them if they'd like to come. If not, just say, God bless you. I'm not trying to force nobody, but I'd like them to have an opportunity to come. Okay? 
you're here tonight and you want to get the attitude of a warrior. I know this is only one aspect. It's not the whole, but it is one aspect of our salvation. That we are Christians. We're the harmless sons of God. But underneath the glad and the kind exterior rages a warrior that will not set off for last and best, brother. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of the lukewarm. I love everybody. I do. I love them. The Holy Ghost has given me the ability to love anybody, and I thank God for it. But you hear me, friend. I love you. Enough to tell you the truth, but some of you, you've fallen into this lukewarm Pentecostalism that's been going around. Don't tell me Kansas doesn't have it, because it does. And it's lukewarm, and it's pablum, and it's milk toast. Come on. Some of you young people, it's written all over you. Wimp. That's right. Jellyfish. No backbone. No strength. Can't stand for God. Can't live it with all of your heart. Get a hold of it tonight. I say, listen, I'm tired of being a wimp. I'm ready for basic training. I'm ready to build some muscle. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Just call me, Brother Gibney. I'm ready to go. And honey, we're just prepared here. We hadn't even put on our armor yet. We'll do that tomorrow night. We're just talking about the power that we've received and the character that God's trying to prepare upon us. That's right. And making sure our heart is right. And just like the priest put the blood first and then the oil. Honey, that's the way it's got to be. The blood's got to be applied and then the oil's got to be there. Amen. That's what we're talking about tonight. Is your heart right? You might be David. You might not be able to fit in Saul's armor yet, but buddy, I got a sling that'll really work somebody over. I like what Brother Booker said. He said, everybody in the world has preached on what those five stones mean. You know, he had brothers, J-E-S-U-S, all this other good stuff. But Brother Booker said that those five stones mean one dead giant. That's what I like. He said, if I don't get you with the first one, I'll get you with the second one. And if I don't get you with the second one, I'll get you with the third one. And if I don't get you with the third one, I'll get you with the fourth one. And if I don't get you with the fourth one, this fifth one is guaranteed to take your head off. But my God, give me a determination. Some of you throw one rock, and if you don't fall down, you get discouraged and run. My God, empty everything on them. Unload the whole M16. Drop every bomb you can imagine. Let them have it. Don't let them escape. Don't let us be in a spiritual Vietnam where we wouldn't put all in. My God, let's put everything in. We got too many good losers in the church. That's right. That's what Vietnam told a lot of our boys. Be a good loser. I'm tired of being a good loser. I think if you're playing tennis and you lose the match, you should jump over the net and hit the other guy in the head with a racket. Now I got some of your attention. You get what I'm saying? Now, I'm not advocating violence on the, on the tennis court. 
but I'm tired of being a good loser. I get mad when I lose a game. My wife, she said, what's wrong with you? I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose, Rook. I hate it. I get mad. So what's wrong with you? I don't like to lose. And I'll play till I win. That's right. I can't stop. If I had them little Game Boys, you know those little things? Man, I just go nuts. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta beat that thing. Or I won't be happy. And I'll play it. I go home every night after church and I'll, buddy, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna get the most, I had that Tetris. And I'm gonna get the more lions on here than anybody else. I played it till I see the little guys playing the violins and the shuttle going up. That's what I like. Yeah, I won. You get it? Get an attitude and say, I'm tired of being a good loser. You hear me? I'm tired of saying, well, I just go to the altar and ask God to forgive me. I'm tired of living like that. I want to stand for God when it counts. I want to live above sin. I want to stand and say, how devil, you didn't get me that time, did you, sucker? <laughs> you want more? Come on. Come on, you want more? You want to come back, I'll hurt you, devil. That's right. He's going to feel some pain, boys. I'm telling you, you hear what I'm saying? You don't know what you got. I'm telling you, if you could only see yourself in Jesus. You know what I think of? I'm no, I'm getting, I'm giving altar call right here. Are you listening to me? You know what I think of when I think of a Christian? I think of the Incredible Hulk. You know, I was a TV addict. I remember the little, what's his name, Bill Bixby, or one of them guys. He used to play the scientist. But man, when that guy would get mad, he burst out of his shirt. <laughs> you get down in the morning and you begin to pray and devil says oh my god they're up again and you get down to pray in the back of your pajamas man it's oh god not them again glory I say glory to God and you walk around and say, my God, I wish they wouldn't get up in the morning. And this big old bruiser gets up in the devil. He said, man, none of this other stuff works. I think I just tried to discourage him. Huh? Oh, I'm telling you, friend, you can only see yourself in the Holy Ghost. What you look like. Hallelujah, you look like Jesus. I don't believe Jesus was a wimp. I believe he's a big old carpenter. I believe he weighed about 200 pounds and, and stood about five eight full of muscle and bulging out of his arm. I think, oh man, that's what I think of Jesus. I'm thinking of little Leonardo da Vinci wimps he's got up there. He was so strong they beat him with a whip and he still was able to put a cross on his back. Come on. I believe he's a man as well as God. But I believe he had a warfare mentality. And he was always ready for the devil. Uh, 
Get behind me, Satan. I know you. I see you, you lying devil. But I'm holding off till I get the real win. He died on Calvary and he rose from the dead, honey. Praise God. That was his spiritual telephone booth. And out came Superman. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he said, no. And all the other saints came with him. And then he thought, well, this one may not be too bad. But on the day of Pentecost, thank God. Hallelujah. There was 120. And he said, oh, no. They look just like him now after they got the Holy Ghost. And 3,000. Oh, no. They look just like him. And 5,000. Oh, no. He only thought it was one. But it's the only the beginning, honey. It's only the beginning. And we're not done yet. But how can the devil convince a strong man that he's not strong? Ah, that's what he's done to us. A lot of us, he's done it. He's convinced some of you, I'm not strong. I can't handle it. But through Christ, I can. Through Jesus, I can handle it. I can do it, Lord. Just send me out. Just send me out. I want to be like Uriah. I won't even go home to Mama. I just want to sleep with the other soldiers here. I'll lay on the stoop. God, give us character like Uriah. My God, I can't hardly stop tonight. I'm telling you, I feel it. You ought to just worship right now. Come on. Let's, why don't you ask God? Say, Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. And you just right now speak the word and make me a warrior. Make me a warrior. Make me somebody, come on. A warrior knows how to worship. Come on. It's time to lead captivity captive, brother. The prisoner's not going to get me. I'm going to get the prisoners. I'm going to bring them home. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's pray right now, everybody. Come on, let's really pray for a few moments. My, my. Oh, let's worship the Lord, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Come on, let's worship the Lord while the pastors come. Come on, pastors. God, praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you tonight that you're going to get the victory for yourself tonight. I want you to come up here and stand. Now, just come on up here worshiping God. Don't come up here like you're dead. Come up here with your hands up worshiping God. I want you to worship in victory. If you got to work it up, I guess you got troubles. 
Ah, hallelujah. After hearing what you've heard tonight, from God if you're waiting for me to give it to you I can't give it to you it comes from above hallelujah you gotta get it for yourself hallelujah by reaching into the celestial world oh yeah hallelujah Jesus hallelujah God 